heavy. <laughs> I liked my other suggestion better. Lux, I didn't know this was your, your favorite your favorite band. I just want everybody to know I service Pastor Toby on this. He, he's the one that wanted. Is this what you listen to when you're writing sermons? <laughs> this is intense. Hey, y'all. This, this is sacrimonious. <laughs> this is not right, man. Well, I know, I know, I know. Rum, rum, bum, bum. Wow. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you for joining Cross Politic on the Sunday special. That's Pastor really Toby, Chalk Knox. Yeah. I'm the Water Boy. What are you wearing? I'm, I'm wearing. I'm wearing my Christmas jacket. I wear it every year. No. I started. I, I started. That. Oh no, my goodness. I started wearing this. Um, when we were back in the uh, piano studio, yeah, above the piano did. studio. Neil, can Get you bright, do something bro. in post-production? And can just, we change this color you, you or something? Can't, it's can't. super bright over Man, there. Man, I just got jolly all over me. Make, That's what I want. Make his camera black and white. Happy, <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs> That's almost Grinch, man. <laughs> okay, all right. We got Marcus Pittman. Uh, coming up and Maceo Jordan Jordan that's right uh, CEO of Lore, of, of TV. Lore TV so you guys stick around for that interview they got a lot of noise right now with Lore it's a lot it's yeah. exciting it's exciting I like what they're trying to do and I'm, I'm really pumped about all the opportunities that they're creating absolutely through this through this whole process so God bless startups right hey if you're a skilled carpenter and you want to move to Moscow oh Anybody want to move to Moscow? There's Lots opportunity. Of Lots of people. Ely Construction has yeah. a position for you. They're booked solid for the next year plus, growing fast, and need highly skilled carpenters to join their team. Ely Construction. E-A-L-Y Construction. Good people. They pay great salaries and benefits, hire for a long-term career fit, and have a culture of excellence and respect for everyone at the company. If you know a lead company, a carpenter with 10-plus years of residential and remodel carpentry experience who could thrive in Moscow, send them to ElyConstruction.com. That's E-A-L-Y Construction.com. Go there now. I just told you to do stuff. I do that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Nathaniel's my boy. He's good people. He yeah. serves with me as a deacon at our church. And who doesn't want to move to Moscow? I know. I know. Seriously. Um, uh, before <laughs> before I move on, uh, we got a little happy birthday shout out uh, to Ryan. Ryan. Uh, uh, a friend of Ryan's who's a girl. Uh, <laughs> How old is Ryan? Put old together. To have I mean, he, 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 I, I think he's old enough to like, you know. Okay. But anyways, is this, is this our way to push I, him? I'm not going to say. Okay. I'm right, not going right, to say. Right, we ain't going to go there. Uh oh. But uh, you, Ryan? she reached out and said, "Hey, we put a little package together for Ryan and okay. and send it to me and and then and then shout out, uh, give him a happy birthday on Cross Politic. Well, uh, look at that. So his birthday is on Saturday. So today's Sunday. You know, so, Sunday night special. So so Ryan, if you're tuning in, you got a friend out there who's a girl who who <laughs> put all this together. And happy everything. birthday, Ryan. <laughs> Are there any, any girls that want to wish Neil happy birthday? Oh, uh, our producer. Could you our please producer. contact us at news at crosspolitics.com. <laughs> <laughs> news at crosspolitics.com. Hey, real quick. I've had several people ask me about this. They're buying club memberships for their mom, dad, brother, yeah. sibling, Look at you whatever. guys. Way to go. And they, want, they want to say, hey, I want to put a little stocking yeah, stuffer, uh, stuffer in the, in, for Christmas saying, hey, I got you a club membership. Yeah. We have that card. So if you guys... Are right buying there. a club membership for your sibling, friend, girlfriend, um, Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> um, if Ryan, if you're buying, you know, um, and uh, you, you just uh, email me your address at crosspolitic at gmail.com. And we'll get this sent out. Probably, we probably um, got to get everything done before probably like December 20th. Can um, they also write you at like, Gabe? 
Across Baltic? No, because that's not my email address. Oh, yeah. Waterboy? Yeah, there you Waterboy go. Waterboy across Baltic. Hey, don't give out that email address publicly. Yeah, there we go. Hey, now you done did it. Hey, yeah. you got, if you download the app yet, you should. Search Fight Laugh Feast right. at your favorite app store. Download the app. I think one of the things that's blowing up the most is the Daily News. The brief. Daily News. I, I wasn't done with the club oh, push real okay. quick because. That was a part of the club push. Are you, Go ahead. Yeah, because Are you got the done? Kodiak Fight Laugh, Fight Laugh Feast Club, uh, Kodiak Club. Uh, uh, tumblers coming out too. I'm so excited and again, for these. If you guys wow. are getting this for Christmas for I can't quite a loved hold one, that in my hand yet. No, mm. no, it's coming. It's coming. I'm hoping this week it we should get them all. And, and, and then we'll, oh. we'll we're trying to get them out all before Christmas. And um, so again, probably by about December 20th, you got to make sure your club memberships are all processed. If you're gonna but at you least get, get one of those right now for your sibling or loved one for Christmas or Tim that Keller. kind of thing. Or but we'll, but the next 150 people. Are going to get uh, this tumbler, so you got to get a club membership at twenty five dollars you know, or more. It's really, or f- it's really fun to see people just like on the social media. It's like just doing stuff, and all of a sudden, be like, "Hey, look, they got their fight laugh feast shirt on." And they're not yeah. even talking about their shirt; no, they're, they're just, just rocking doing it. stuff. But yeah. they're just rocking the fight laugh feast, and yeah. you know, having it with the tumblers, that is so encouraging. having it with the stickers, having it with the hat, the beanie. Yeah. We're, we're, to, we're creating like a brotherhood here. You RowdyChristian dot com. Yeah. yeah. Where you can get all your merch and everything and everything. So don't forget to get Pastor Toby's. But this is another oh, Christmas yeah. gift you can get. Yeah, you know, marriage book, nice little yeah. package. Yeah. I try to I try to read a um, amongst everything else that I read. I try to read a book on marriage every year and a book on raising kids every yeah. year. So I try to make get you made those me two jump in. on that process. Yeah, it's it's a good process. And so this is my 2021 marriage book. Oh, so there wow! You know. Yeah, finally finally get that marriage together. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all need to have a moment. Y'all want me to leave? I can hey, leave. You just gonna you just gonna open up our counseling sessions here on the on the show? How's it really going, guys? <laughs> it's going. How's great. it really going? It's going great. <laughs> We're gonna do our wives' Christmas show. Oh, it's true. Uh, it's coming, my, up in a, coming up. I, in a I couple broke weeks. it to my wife last night. Did you? <laughs> you know? Okay, this is so weird. I know we got to move on because we don't have a lot of time. But no. I, I, those shows to me are like I just sink I, after those shows. I like I'm don't like, think they're that good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I had a great time, yeah. but uh, I mean, we I, ate a lot of food. And, and every time, everyone's like, I just love those. Shows uh, my shows. wife looks at me. She's like, again. <laughs> but people love to watch those shows. But, but she yeah. said, "I said, honey, you gotta submit." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> Did you also tell your wife who to vote for? Oh! <laughs> That's how we do it in the Sumter family. <laughs> okay, right, I can leave. That's great. <laughs> well, so if a Biden administration happens, yeah, yeah what, what you, Gabe. Give me a percentage. Give me a percentage. What do you think? Is is what's the percentage of Biden administration is going to happen? Sixty forty. You're sixty forty. I'm sixty forty. Toby, where are you at? Yeah, sixty forty. Yeah, I was. I wasn't sixty forty at first. I was more like yeah, eighty more twenty. Like 90, you were more like ninety I ten. Was 80, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. Well, you were kind of like that way on election election night. night yep. I, I no. I think right afterwards, within the first week, I was. I was more like. 80, 90. Yeah, yeah. For After, Biden? Yeah, yeah for yeah, Biden. Yeah. I mean, as they were calling all the states, I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, even with the early screams of, like, you know, fraud or whatever. Yeah. And now I'm starting to, you know, listening to Colbeck and all yeah, the other stuff going around. And I'm like, well... You know, Georgia is actually uh, the the governor last night came out and s- after the hearing in Georgia said, "I think we should actually do a hand f- a forensic ballot." Uh, yeah. So it was a forensic, yeah, a count a recount. Oh. Was that was that for it's, everything, or is that for the, the moving on to the next election? I thought it was for the the this one. Okay, I, I, I think he was. I may have misunderstood, but he, I, what I saw was he said based on the testimony we saw today, yeah. which was Thursday. Um, he said we should do a, a hand count, um, mm. and, I, and I thought yeah. he meant by that 
more than just what they already did. Yeah. 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 Was That's it, interesting. Was it Wisconsin or was it Nevada where they're actually the judges ruling on? On uh, So by the time our show, the Sunday special fairs, yeah, yeah. um, we'll already know. Yeah. But I think it was, um, he's the judge in Nevada is going to rule on some on some things. On and, a couple of thousand elections. Whether or not and I yeah. think there's some stuff before the Wisconsin Supreme Courts. But I think they're yeah. actually the Supreme Court, he I think, just ruled that they kicked it down to the lower courts that you can decide on this. Okay. Yeah. So they're yeah, well, actually going to allow the latter start, press. That's, yeah, start start there. that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. I only think they need one thing to happen. If that happens, I think it's going to be a lot of it other might. bold one, people. One piece of yeah. heavy fraud yeah. to, to well, they, guys, be exposed. Just, but meanwhile, a, Biden is just, you know, croaking well, right along. He's, here he is, president of office of the office president-elect? Of, office, office of, of the president. president. Is, that, is that an office? It is now. Has it ever happened before like that? I, I, I don't know. I've never seen that poster I remember, anywhere. I know, right? But I could I, be wrong. Never, I know. Somebody, so hey, y'all, scrub through Google and tell may, us if that's ever may, happened before. Maybe that's all he's ever going to be elected to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Let's assistant pray. to the president of Office Elect. So here, here he is rolling out his uh, campaign. There's Kami. Where the federal government has authority, I'm going to issue a standing order that in federal buildings you have to be masked and. In transportation, interstate transportation, you must be masked in airplanes and buses, et cetera. And so uh, it's, a, it's a matter of, and I think my inclination, uh, Jake, is on the first day I'm inaugurated to say I'm going to ask the public for 100 days to mask. Just 100 days to mask. Not forever, 100 days. Not forever. And I think we'll see a significant reduction if we occur that. That occurs with vaccinations and masking to drive down the numbers considerably, considerably. You're going to ask. He said considerably twice. I, I just want him to know just because he said that twice don't mean nothing. Well, remember, we also all the states that have had masking mandates since, you know, August, July. Uh, I've seen the back, curves back they, to April. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't work. But and he's, he's you know, but what's going to happen is I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he does this 100 day thing. And guess what happens in spring? This is spikes. And it keeps going, but but, here, but or, or we've gotten we kind of went through the population. Guys, we've been in wearing October, masks since May, October, okay. November, December. We've been and and it hasn't stopped. Yeah. We've even had cities mandate them. But listen, I don't like this talk from the government when they say we're going to ask you. Yeah. Are you asking me? Right. Because I'm going to say no. <laughs> so what happens when I say no? Are we going to negotiate on the date? Or are you going to tell me? I just think we he should, ain't asking. We, we should just listen to Doctor Fauci. Speaking well, of Fauci. Uh, have you spoken with him yet? If so, have you asked him to stay on? Yes uh, and, and yes. Yes and yes. Well, and, well, tell me about the conversation. Well, as he said, what more needs to be done from his point of view? Well, look, uh, uh, my chief of staff has worked with him in the last uh, crisis. He's been talking to him all the time, Ron Klain. I talked to him today. We spoke today at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. All right. So we got, we got Fauci's going to come on the Biden is, is William Barr going to stay on? Over, under, on bar. Yeah, Go. Over, yeah, under, yeah. on bar. Is he staying the one, on? What's your percentage? <laughs> Why is Fauci staying on? 100% same, gone. He's got the same chance that I do of dying of coronavirus. <laughs> there you go. So, but, but if you guys remember, Fauci, back in March, this was 60 Minutes, Fauci back in March is, you know, kind of yep. talking against I think, Biden here. I think we should listen to this Fauci. Yeah. The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. No reason. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, 
wearing a mask might make people feel Ooh. a little bit better, and oh! it might even block a, a, a droplet. It's going to block a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. You hear that? And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they yep. keep touching their face. Yep. And can you get some th- schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course. And, like of course that. you I can. I like that. Schm- the schmutz. You get that schmutz. schmutz in there. So like when everybody's talking at the microphone, if I take off my yep. mask, that, all that stuff just and, and flies that around. Schmutz just goes. Just goes yep. every, yeah. And you mask. know how he knew that? Because we had all the studies on masks and randomized that's control testing. That's what all testing. the studies say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, studies for decades. Have always said. Have always said, right? We also have to make sure that when the vaccine is distributed, accessible oh. to people who've been hurt the Vaccines. most. The Who's brown, been hurt the black most? community, oh. which is, are not likely to be able to access, for example, Walmarts or access, <laughs> or, I mean, we have to get to their neighborhoods. So it's a really <laughs> difficult but doable project, but it has to be well-planned. And that's what we're in the process of beginning to do now. Knox, you're hey, black. Hold on, hold on. Honey, can we get to Walmart? Yeah, oh. I was going to ask you that question. Can, can your mama get to Walmart? Okay. <laughs> can, can your cousin get to we we can all get to Walmart. No, no. Biden just said black people can't get to Walmart. Okay. All right. I'll tell them to shut up. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. one that's, of the most that's demeaning absolute. things. It's ridiculous. Here's what I have a question on. This is like, this should be all over the news. Yeah. Everywhere. But there are fine people on both sides. But it should be a certain group of people who should be pushing this. Where are all the social justice warriors yeah. saying, how dare you yeah. decide to talk where, to, after Eric, all we did to get Eric you elected? Mason? Right, exactly. Where's Jamar Tisby? Yeah. yeah, do you like being, I don't, guys, this upsets me in so many ways because first of all, I don't, I, Walmart has figured out how to be in every black community ever. Yeah, and right. if there's anybody who goes to Walmart, it's black, it's black folk. people. Okay, <laughs> and we, we will, Walmart and Target, we'll decide where we're going to live at based off of Walmart and Target. <laughs> so, but, but I don't like, I don't like the fact that he's deciding, you know, the virus situation either. Who's going to get the vaccine? That is, no, that's not how this works. Well, you know, he, um, isn't it like Obama and Bush and yeah, Joe yeah. Clinton? Clinton have Clinton. all decided yeah. to come out and the say, la- well, the last three Democratic presidents. <laughs> um, Bars! They, uh, they all said they're going to take the, uh, yeah, they're deciding the vaccine. That, yeah, if, if if publicly in front of everybody. You think they're really going to take it? Well, you know what? I don't like living in a world where everyone needs them to take it in order to say that I'm, that's so weird it's like guys weren't we the ones who grew up saying if your friend jump off a bridge you gonna jump off a bridge too you, 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 you said this is like us living in a bad movie yeah, some sort of Orwellian nightmare right like well, yeah. the presidents are now going to take their vaccines so it's safe right well I just want to add there's two it's different safe. there's two different vaccines going around yeah uh, one of them is coming from this company Moderna okay um, and, and they're uh, have gone through clinical trials and going, okay. you know, going through that whole process. But um, their vaccine is, I don't know, I, I don't know if you call it like revolutionary. It's different. It's a different approach to how, <laughs> at least at minimum, right? Yeah. Uh, to how, as long as you understand, revolutionary is a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and what they're doing is they're actually trying to like, tap in to like the DNA, right? And get your DNA to create proteins and, and antibodies within the DNA structure itself. Right. So this is on their website. This is straight from their website. And they're, what they're trying to mess with is the RNA, which is a subset under DNA. So RNA, mRNA, plays a fundamental role in human biology, transferring the instructions stored in DNA to make the proteins required in every living cell. Our approach is to use mRNA medicines to instruct a patient's own cells to produce proteins that could prevent, treat, or cure disease. 
So they're trying to like tap into like the DNA, DNA. structure. Right. I always it's sort of fun to hear you talking about genetics. Um, just first of all, don't but, you mean uh, eugenics? But yeah, right. But that's the thing is, and so you were reading yeah, other yeah. sections of the website where they're they're so, also and, saying like that you can't uh, they, they don't want people to conceive children on clinicaltrials.gov where they track mm-hmm. all this, yeah. uh, this these clinical trials and they put out the regulations and criteria for yeah. what these clinical trials are. Yeah. They're basically saying while you're um, uh, part of the clinical trial of this RNA, D, you know, vaccines. They're, they're afraid it's going to mess with the DNA of the new baby. Don't, they say don't have intercourse. Uh, they're saying if you if you're if you're have the potential of getting pregnant, right. uh, don't get pregnant. They're saying if you are pregnant, you can't I do this. So, so how's the deal? They have all much, these regulations. I don't know much about and vac- they define what kind of sex you should be having while you're taking and, these and, vaccines. And so what we need to do is make sure that we try all this stuff on the black people who can't get to Walmart. Like oh. they did back in the forties with eugenics. Oh. So that's what we're saying now. So so we're now yeah. we we're messing up right. here. That's called that's called equity. Now, <laughs> oh. Don't you know about equity? Oh, this is where this and here we are. Yeah. Once again, back in nineteen forties right. where we can yeah. try Tuskegee Airmen, the same situation there. It's 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 what it's like what Ronald Reagan oh. said that you know, some of the scariest words in the English language is uh, you know, we're from the government and we're here to help we're here you. To help no, you. no oh. thanks. Right? No yeah, thanks. when something when the government says they need help. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run and black people, you better not be the first one you know, somebody else <laughs> all right, all right. more cross policy coming up next Marcus Pittman and Maceo Jordan talking about lore you don't want to miss that more cross policy happy birthday Ryan <laughs> and this lady we have to talk about that yeah. <laughs> you're single get married married have kids oh, wait, find no. out her name Ryan <laughs> when a medical need arises hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. This morning, I did. Actually. You make good. that coffee yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. It's good, man. Welcome back to Cross Politic. We are grateful to have you back with us. You got some Cross Politic coffee? Is this, is this post mill coffee? This, this is. This is Sovereign Roast. Hey, you can get that at rowdychristian.com. Get your uh, own. Get yep. your own Sovereign post mill roast. Man, it's thick too. It's good on Christmas Day. You mm-hmm. you too could be sitting in a place well more cozy than this, drinking Sovereignty Roast. Yes, sir. In uh, your living room. Yes, sir. Yeah, in your, in your PJs. That's right. Celebrating the birth of Jesus. Hey, Amen. with us on the line right now, actually, we got two people. Marcus Pittman. I think the, the, in most, the, house. the, the, the <laughs> most return guest in cross-Baltic history. Uh, we got to no. fix that door. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, show I just up. make things. And maybe Doug, too. And or David Bonson. Bonson. Bonson's been a lot. Yep, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but um, Marcus Pittman, if you don't know, he's worked at Apologia Studios Director of Babies Are Murdered Here and mm. Babies Are Still Murdered Here. Mm. Um, worked with Chocolate Knox That's back right. in the day. Back in the day. At uh, How to Answer the Fool? Uh, no, so there's two places. We worked at Wretched together. Wretched? Yep, yeah, that's right. And for then, a short time. You yeah, worked for, at Wretched? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rumor. To Toby? It's, it's not a rumor. Uh, and then Marcus, when he left Wretched, started a thing called. But you didn't have as much beard back then, did you? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Did you have a lot of beard? Oh, back then? yeah. That's yeah, where it he started. Did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. then he worked on a thing called Crown Rights, and Marcus started. 
started Crown Rights, and I was like, I want to be a part of that. So then we okay. worked on Crown Rights, and then from Crown Rights went to American Vision, American Vision, and then wait a sec, on. there's kind of a pattern here. Like following each other around, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or he's been following you the whole time. I follow him. It's, no, no, no. It's, no. First, first he followed me, and then he started Crown Rights, and I followed him. Okay. Right. And then so he look, passed the baton again. Okay, y'all we, just stay here in Moscow now. Okay, right, right yeah. now, stop this, moving yeah. around. Yeah, stop it. Here. Hey, stop it. Marcus is also the chief creative officer at Lore. Look at you, TV. Look at that, nice title. Lore TV. Are we on that? Are we on? Uh, what, what, you, on Lore you, TV? you guys can do whatever yes. you want on Lore. Yes. Our other guest on the line with us is. Maceo Jordan, he's a serial entrepreneur with two decades. A serial entrepreneur. Serial entrepreneur. That's a Whoa. thing. That's a thing. He'd be killing turn, business. Turn it. <laughs> with two decades no, of it's more like Fruit Loops. More like Fruit Loops. <laughs> oh, oh, that's serial. Okay. It's a brand. I got it. Building businesses by creating great products, great marketing. His experience spans from real world experience in the U.S. Army to the cutthroat world of electronic trading. That doesn't sound like Fruit Loops at all. No. Um, it's serial. It was an early. <laughs> Pioneer in computerized trading. He built one of the earliest high-frequency trading systems for the S&P 500. Wow. Get out! He also, wow. when, when pay-per-click marketing platforms burst on the scene, he translated his work into automated systems for Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Oh, so he's the deep state. Yeah, it's his, ah. it's his fault. You got one of those Dominion voting machines, Maceo? <laughs> Yeah, you want to see it? <laughs> There's a little, it's a little vending machine in his house. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> That was great. He's a seasoned presenter, early pioneer, online video shooting, editing. He's produced, finished 30 to 60 minute videos every day for nearly four years. Wow. He's coached and taught individual groups for over 30 years. And um, he loves tell, giving listeners stories, uh, giving stories to people that they will love, cherish, and share, which it connects to the fact that he's the CEO of this Lore TV. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, Maceo, Marcus, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thanks for having us. Hey, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Well, and now that introductions have happened, time's up. We gotta, it's we gotta all wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> took that all that, that was time. a long bio. <laughs> that was a serial bio. <laughs> um, so I've been saying Lore TV, L O O R dot TV. That's right. Um, what is Lore? So Lore is a platform that and is we're, it spelled right? It is, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's how we spell it. Okay, <laughs> that's all that matters. Okay, yeah, that's right. Just like, hey, that's Google right. was spelled wrong. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. So, so Lore is actually comes from the term laurels, which were the awards that they gave uh, during the Greek Olympics and stuff like that. Yeah. That went around the head. Yeah. And so Lore comes After from they my, killed wife, each yeah, other my, my wife's name standing. is Laura. It's all from that root of awards. And giving awards, and also film lore and epic uh, stories of the past. Oh, so it all comes lore from, and laurels. Yes, and yeah, epic it all, stories. Yeah, it all comes from the We're same. We're multi-layered. Yeah, it's kind, so, of, kind of poetic. It is. It is. And the, the, so the, re, the the point of it is is that we want to make a platform where the consumers decide what sort of content that they want to see. Okay. Not, most of the content you watch on television, pretty much all the content you watch on television now, is is by about eight people in rooms. So you have the head of Netflix, the head of Disney, and right. they decide what it is you watch. So so Lore's business model is that the customer's right. The customer's right. Yeah, it's basic economics. That doesn't right? make sense. Yeah, they, so, <laughs> right. So the way, the way uh, entertainment works now is sort of like the Ayn Rand model where the people who make decisions are at the top. Right. And we're saying, well, Ayn Rand had a lot of 
right about the free market and stuff, but she was wrong in that the real power is not John Galt. It's in the consumers who, who buy John Galt's services. And so what we're saying is let's get the suits out of the way in making the entertainment decision and let's let individuals make those choices without any sort of barriers or, uh, or you know, let's, let's scatter the gatekeepers. So how does that work, Maceo? Uh, messily. But so I'll, I'll build on something that I think has uh, really, I don't know, inculcated business, right? So you get Steve Jobs and everybody using the cliche, uh, you know, if, if you would have asked customers what they wanted when Henry Ford was building his car, they would have said a faster horse. Right. right. And that, that does disservice to people. Look, people know what they want. Sometimes they need to be led. Sometimes they need to see better options. And so when you take that thinking, meaning the customer doesn't know what they want, like Steve Jobs said, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell people what they want. Right. You can occasionally hit on a winner because we got to remember Steve Jobs got his butt fired because he was totally wrong about the launch of Macintosh. Right. He would have bankrupted that company. No question. Now, had had he introduced it to people and, and approached it more like a, a, a team, like it's a joint thing. Meaning, yeah, creatives can create, but if you let them just do whatever they want, you get, you know, Picasso, which takes a little while to get used to. <laughs> but if you if you have a team, you know, you create something more like the Mona Lisa, where basically everybody looks at that picture and say, like, wow, that's a good picture. Whereas, you know, you look at the screaming man or whatever that picture, you know, the dude is like that. Yeah, I get it. But you've got to like be in inculcated, educated, brainwashed and to say, you know, p- enough people have to tell you that that's art that's for you right. to like, just say that that's art, which right. leads to the next point that where, where we have lost control as Christians is understanding that stories rule the day. There's a reason Jesus told stories because that's how you get directly into people's brains. Now, wh- one of the realities that I've experienced personally with these groups of people making decisions is that they have a distinct worldview. Back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, there was a movement inside of Hollywood and inside of music that was deliberately and consciously designed to attack the foundations of the Christian worldview because they believe that that worldview is holding the world back. Now, we don't have to spawn, you know, spin out into the conspiracy theories. We just need to know that the decisions that are being made about what goes on our screens, what our children are watching— is based on furthering a deliberate worldview. This is not pure artistic expression. In fact, the artists are deliberately kept out of the expressions because of some of these issues. Not entirely, but some of these issues. So, for example, you get one line in the Frozen movie, there are no rules for me. Well, that's a direct reflection of basically a Satanist belief which says, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Then you get a big movie like Moana, where you have a pagan character singing a song about how you should thank that pagan character for the wind and the, the sea and the, and the mountains. And so as a believer, I look at that and say, OK, that's idolatry. It goes off. But where most people are, most parents are forced into is watching the whole movie, then talking about the movie with their significant other, you know, and, and making a decision based on that where, look, most people are too busy, too disinterested, and they're just not going to do it. And so what we said before cameras were rolling is we've got to take a stewardship approach. And what's missing, certainly from Hollywood, I mean, everybody, I think, in the Christian world could agree that 
they don't have the same stewardship mentality that's based and grounded in the scripture. So does this mean that you guys are like the new Pure Flix? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you just cursed that thing. No, no. Hey, no that's see, not, that's that's not, not a high bar. Wash your mouth. Where's the wash your mouth? Maseo <laughs> <laughs> almost took off his tie. You know that's hard for him to do. He almost. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the difference is. You don't want to know what's in my drawer. When you hear this, that's, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that Dominion machine. I do, I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> Pull up my drawer. So, so the difference is uh, when everybody, I mean, we can look around now. We can say, oh, man, big tech is against us. Big tech is is uh, fighting against us. We have Netflix, we have the mainstream media, like, and Christians are so small and tiny. So the response is usually, hey, let's go form our own little Christian bubble business over here. Right. Whether that's Parler or Gab or like even some of the alt tech websites, it's just like they're, they're not better. So what we're doing is we're saying we believe that Christians can create technology in such a way that they can uh, actually influence and take over the secular industries. Uh, and we don't have to be like the Christian version of something. Okay. Uh, we're not the Christian version of something. We're, we're the, we're the kingdom version, <laughs> which means we, we want to run the whole thing. Okay. So you guys are talking about worldview and yeah. your, where you are at and how you view this. How does it operate? What is, what, what is it lore like? itself? What does it look Practically. like? Practically. So take your worldview and put it in the app for me. Yeah, or I'll what, let Maceo what? say it so I don't say something I shouldn't say. Oh, okay. Ooh, no, Marcus, please. No, <laughs> no, no, that was you, Marcus. <laughs> please. Well, well, uh, where's, where's my mute button? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say I, I, as of now, it's, it's a system that allows the best story to win okay how does that work so creators can come and they can pitch their projects and the consumers can decide with their money if they want uh to see that film being made okay so let's take let's break down the process right so when you when you're pitching a movie you've got storyboards and all that stuff happens in the background right right so we as consumers don't see that but what we do see are trailers right Right. and everybody has had the experience of watching a trailer and thinking no I'm not going to do this. <laughs> yeah. That sums it all up. So we we are disrupting the industry because, number one, we can break everything down into 30-second, 45-second spots. We can show that to people. And when they say, yeah, I like that, let's do it, we do it. And then even, even more, we break down the filming into – Quibi tried to do this – but into bite-sized chunks where they can actually see the production mm. happen. Yeah, so there's going to be a behind-the-scenes element that is is going to be really important here so, because you're not just going to sit, raise money for a film, which you're going to raise money for a film, but you're also going to get to see the content creators every step along the way uh, talking about how they're making the film. So you get to track your investment. You get to track as your a, investment of so, behind-the-scenes. So this is like go. Kickstarter for TV. It's Kickstarter plus Netflix combined, yes. The Kickstarter b- plus Netflix combined. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead and see myself. <laughs> Papa John's pizza tracker in there. Oh, okay, right. With a Papa John. Okay. Uh, where are my pizza at? So, where, where are my TV show at? So so you guys have how do you get how do you get people to sign on to this? So Yeah, that's a great question. Uh the the way we get people to sign on is we shock them with uh, the content they've always wished that they could have and have never gotten from other um, Christian industries. Okay. So we start with that small market and we say, you guys are hungry. Uh, you're being fed rice. You're slaves in Egypt. And we show you what freedom looks like. Mm. And uh, uh, it's hard to do 
from a government standpoint, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but but from a pure economic standpoint, when people get to decide with their own money, they're a lot more likely to. So I'm a consumer, mm-hmm. and I would go to lore. Uh, dot TV, mm-hmm. and and then I would look at all these different trailers and say, oh, I I like that one. And yes, I'll give ten bucks, twenty five, or a hundred, or whatever. I mean, a million, a million. Yeah, yeah. Sure, whatever. <laughs> okay. Do do I get a ROI with if I put a million bucks into it? Am uh, I part owner in that movie? A sale. At a million, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know. Do we have a show me the money button? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. It's when most people think about streaming, they think about Hulu Plus, uh, they think about Netflix, or even on my TV now, you know, you've got SmartCast. Yeah. Right. And you've got a bazillion options that are up there. So we're at the beginning, obviously, don't have that much content. So what's going to happen now when you log on to Lore, you, for your membership, you're going to be able to participate in this process. Now, we're, we're still early. So this will definitely morph into something like a Netflix, right? Where you log on, you see this entire catalog of stuff. But right now, it, it's going to be that you log on, you see the the different trailers. We'll feature some. Uh, we'll have a meritocracy system where people are going to be able to vote. And so we're calling it Lore Bucks, right? So when you when you have your membership, you get a certain number we, of we Lore Bucks. We haven't settled on a name, but... Oh, now Mateo's dropping stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we haven't settled on a name. We're going to call it Lore Bitcoin. <laughs> Lorecoin? Lore Bitcoin. I oh, think the, na- the, the name is a verb. It's fine. Just, yeah. <laughs> People are going to give lore. Yeah, they're, they're going to give lore. So that's that's going to be their vote, right? And so then once that once the vote is complete, if you will, or reaches a certain level, that's when the show actually gets done, which, by the way, is very similar to the way you know media works. It's the way music works. Um, and so here's here's the problem. The problem is we don't know what we like until we see it, right? That's just the basics of humanity. Right. Um, you know, so nobody knew they wanted an iPhone until Steve Jobs was up there and he did this. And he took right? all my buttons all, away. He, and he just he, turned the phone. And yeah. he didn't give them faster horses. He, he didn't. He didn't. In fact, the phone didn't work. Well, no, a lot of people don't know that. The phone that he was holding did not operate right. as a phone. So um, it, it, we need to show people the content. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about what, what Marcus said. Look, this is not the same old run-of-the-mill, quote-unquote, Christian content where you can, like, predict the movie as it goes. You know, it's the tearjerker at minute 15, uh, you know, the conversion story at minute 47, the conversion struggle at minute 64. It's like that's that's what we're, that's what we're eating. But this is like Israel in the desert saying, hey, we have – Remember when we were sitting around our flesh pots? It's like flesh pots. Like when did we get meat? You know, once a once a century. And so we we as people deceive ourselves, right? That's very clear in scripture. Like we have deceptive tongues, we don't know our own hearts. And so, you know, this is all swirling together to where we we need to show people what Christians creating art looks like and stop with this crappy Christian movie stuff. It's not good. Just look at the box office. So we think that by giving artists creative freedom and taking on stories like Breaking Bad, like Game of Thrones, without you know all of the without the tits and dragons in it, yeah, yeah, that's what Marcus said. We're we're going to do Game of Thrones without the tits and the dragons, yeah, because that's what that's entertainment, right? We have to remember this is entertainment. 
Now it's going to be challenging, right? I mean, we've we've got to execute that in a way that's going to be pleasing to the Lord. Because I, for one, now we'll have some dragons. Have run well, my I was going to say, why no dragons? Yeah, we'll have some dragons. I was say, why no yeah, dragons? Yeah, yeah. We kill the dragons. dragon, get the girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stole that, by the way. <laughs> we could just say without the tits. Yeah, the without the tits. So, Michelle, can help me with something because this is a. I mean, I, we've seen this inside of. Hey, just, um, huh? Can I say that word? <laughs> we can mute that out later. Neil bleeped it out. <laughs> Don't mute it out. Um, so. so one of the problems that I've seen, I mean, we're experiencing it right now. You think about 10, 15 years ago, we see social media platforms coming out. Even some of the people who were inside of the punk rock world and inside of that culture, and especially Christians, no one wanted to touch that with a 10-foot pole. We're not putting our – I'm mainly speaking about venture capitalists here. So Christians who have money or engage inside of culture – they never seem to look at the thing that's going to be the future of new hotness and engage it. There was, you know, where's the Christians that were driving Facebook to have the, the majority where, of the, where the, the shares the, there? The where ones are the Rod Martins at? Where, yeah, where are the Rod Martins at? You know, Elon Musk is thinking about going to the Mars. Where's the Christians that are behind that and have the majority share in that? And you guys are right now on the cusp of something that I think let first, and I'm just going to say it, some Christian venture capitalists just don't have vision to see this. How do you get them? To say, oh, this is where I this is where I need to be at. This is where I need to put my money into, because in the next 15, 20 years, Hollywood's leaving Hollywood. They're trying to get into streaming. HBO's trying to everybody's trying to get into the streaming game now. How do you get Christian to see this is going to be where we're going to be in 15 years? Well, some of it is just the, the bare basics of business, right? It's Christians haven't always made the best business decisions, right? You've got to build a team so that when a venture capitalist looks at that company, mm. uh, you know, they don't see just three guys with an idea mostly because we're beyond that now back in the day you know with steve jobs and wozniak that was cool like you needed to be in a garage because the technology wasn't there so that and this is actually i don't want to turn this into maybe a business lesson but i'll give a little one that alone that concept alone will turn the turn the dial move the needle most venture capitalists will quiz you about the business they'll attack your business plan some of that is really just to see how you operate under pressure. Uh, it's not like they know the future, so they don't know that you're going to be a success. But really, it comes down to the people that are on the team. And it's not, it's not enough to just have a dream and a hope. You need people that have been there and done that, which is part of why I wanted to come onto the project. That's why we got our COO, uh, Nathaniel Talbot. He came from a venture-backed uh, firm that had a successful exit he understands that world. I understand that world. So when a VC is looking at us, uh, you know, they know that, that people are on the team that have the experience. So look, Solomon said, the Lord set things up so one thing wouldn't follow another, right? Now, so why did he say that? Well, he was just the wisest person that ever lived, right? So it must have some kind of importance. What it means is that there's no recipe, right? So venture capitalists know that there's no thing that you can do that's going to guarantee success other than having people on the team that can move in ways that aren't stupid. So it's it's the stupid moves that are going to get you taken out in capitalism. It's the stupid moves that are going to get you in trouble down the road. So most of, of what we're looking at has to do with the fact that Christians have lost control of the narrative, or I'll use a modern term. We forget that Harvard started out as uh, basically a Christian institution and to foster Christian beliefs and a Christian worldview. So you get an Elon Musk that comes out of this relativistic, humanistic educational mm. system. 
And so it's he is predisposed to not want me on his staff because I'm going to talk to him about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say, hey, guys, we shouldn't do that because our Lord doesn't want us to do that. Yeah, we're going to go make a bunch of money. Uh, but last time I looked, in fact, I was watching your show about Leviticus. Uh, you know, Leviticus even spells it out that, you know what, you should treat people nicely. Don't defraud your neighbor. Well, you know, there are a lot of layers to that. We shouldn't do things that we know are going to serve our pocketbook. I'll give you an example. In the digital world where people are selling information like ebooks and things, they know for a fact 80% of people are not going to do anything. Now I'll take it one step further because I've tracked it. 92% of people that order a digital educational product don't even open the dang thing. And the industry knows it. That's why I exited business because I looked around at a room and I said, fellas, if we have to make money like this, I'm going to go be a welder or something else. I'm out. And so that's not a conversation that meshes with that relativistic, humanistic worldview. And so we, just by our very presence, make people uncomfortable. Uh, so that's to answer your question of why you don't you don't see more people like that or more people vocally like that. And then you just run into a, a, a situation where there are so many people that are either willfully ignorant, like, you know, what the Bible says, or just deceived, you wind up feeling uncomfortable. And look, it's tough if you're a singleton trying to operate in that world, right? A cord of two or three is not easily broken. You know, so you wind up getting these small teams, but still not enough that they feel empowered enough to make a dent. And so we're just going to tear the whole dang thing down. We're going to take the incumbents and make them irrelevant. Wow. So I guess, what do you, what do you need people to do at this point? You guys are just getting started. What is your action plans that you need people to help you with at this point? Yeah. So the first thing is if you go to lore.tv, uh, you, we need, uh, accredited investors. That's the first thing we're doing. We're building up our, uh, initial content library and building out the tech side of the platform. So what the first thing we need people who, uh, are looking to invest in something that really has a plan to, to really, uh, change the world. And, and let me just say real quick, uh, stories are important. Uh, you don't get law unless you have stories first. Uh, the Bible gave us law through story, right? The, the, the liberals get this. The liberals will say, well, uh, look, you know, what about uh, the person who's raped and uh, right. they have an abortion and then they're whatever, whatever. And then, and then the conservatives go, oh, yeah, well, that's only 1%. Right, well, that's statistics. Conservatives argue through for law based on statistics, but liberals understand stories. So we have to have a platform of stories, and so this is why it's important. This is why. So if you're looking for something that's really going to influence and change the world to put your money into, uh, go to Lord.tv and there's an investor sign up and sign up on uh, for that email list. So you actually have openings for real investors to invest in Lore and just not within the. Um, projects right not within the projects and then uh and then eventually the we'll, we'll and you can sign up on lord.tv as a consumer and uh we'll send you information and updates through email there and then uh you'll be able to invest in projects l-o-o-r l-o-o-r dot tv i'm there right now i'm, I'm looking at your it's kind of it's kind of fun it's like, yeah, that, uh, it's like uh, goes into the clouds and then out of the clouds yeah, yeah. there's also a promo video that was kind of yeah. hot yeah yeah you guys are making a lot of noise and you're just getting started i wish you wish you guys the best on this maceo jordan and marcus Pittman. thank you guys for coming on the show lore.tv hope you guys check it out more cross politic coming up next I don't know, 2020 feels like a really bad, bad horror movie. It's a great one. I know. We didn't even pay for it. Well, kind of. Bailouts. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. 
Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. I wanted to use my intro music to this. Oh, we'll, we'll play your intro music. Get it. <laughs> you know? Come on. Oh, oh, here we go. Here it's go. not too late. You still have your microphone. Here we go. Right here. Yeah. Right. This is this is my intro music right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yama. Sean Casey. Does he even make music anymore? He doesn't need to. <laughs> That's right. All right, that's enough. Of <laughs> Just turn him that's, off. That's enough. Welcome back to Cross Politics. Way well, better on no, the one no, and only Mike's Fight off. Live Feast Network. <laughs> you just lost all your. You have no mic. This, this is mine. Have rest you shared of the, the show yet? Oh, I, serious. I, I totally forgot to tell people to share the show. That's all right. Third but segment. It's super important. It's the, it, now's the time. <laughs> now's the time. Now's the time. It's almost over, but yeah. You know, no, it actually time. is because usually what happens is like everybody shares in the beginning. They forget to share in the yeah, end, yeah, and so good. it's a good yeah, time to good. share. Hey, you know, um, this last week, um, our friend Walter Williams passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, economist You think economist. he thought We Walter were friends Walter Williams I know I consider him a friend yeah. We put our arms Around him around we, we, he, he sat for a picture we, with us. we went to his house <laughs> We went to his house He invited us to his house I don't know how you did that one But okay that was great. Salute Last, last that January was, yeah. That was, yeah last this, January This January um, and, When you had the COVID And uh, no, Hush now <laughs> <laughs> We uh Man, we, we really, I mean, number one, just really appreciated his kindness to us. Yeah. Um, he it was also, he, we interviewed him before that. We had, right. we had him did. on the show before. Yeah. Um, but we spent like an hour, hour and a half with him at his house. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's in the club portal. Yeah. Um, and, right. uh, and, but so just number one, just really appreciated his kindness to us, yeah. down to earth, and so on. But his impact on economics and race discussions yeah. in America yeah. is really huge. And really just economics, just. Period. period. Yeah. Right. Um, but, and what did Thomas Sowell tip his hat to? He said he's the uh, one of the most underrated, yeah. unappreciated economists yeah. out yeah. there. Yeah, and, and he was great friends with Tom. And we, and we pronounced Soul. Soul. But that's all right. How I said, well, I say it's Sowell? Kind of, Thomas Sowell. He said Sowell. Sowell. It's my Texan right there. Okay. <laughs> it's like oil. Sorry, Dr. Thomas. It's like oil. Um, but uh, anyways, so in honor of Walter Williams. Yeah. Um, we wanted to play um, a, a chunk of our, our conversation with him. We're yeah. in his living room. And right in his living um, room, yeah. Talk, talking economics um, and um, and just and hopefully get, give you a taste of his stuff. Yeah. Um, he's written um, pretty prolifically, has a number of books. Yeah. Um, race that, and economics. Race and economics. Which, which you brought with you, and you had to, uh, uh, Walter sign. Yes. I, and I was like, why did I not bring my book? I thought, I thought ahead. Yeah, you did. I was did. thinking, I, I, want, I want his. That was, want to, that was smart. He signed two, two books that I had by him. and. Yep. Uh, so, anyways, thankful to God for His life, yep. and um, and uh, enjoy the conversation that we had with Him because we did. The minimum wage law is one of the most effective tools in the arsenal of races Ooh. throughout mankind's history. Wow, walk that out! <laughs> and I discovered that if you look at my book, it's called South Africa's War Against Capitalism. Okay, and a number of years ago. I spent time in South Africa. I spent several times in South Africa and doing research in labor markets. <clears throat> and it turns out that white racist unions in South Africa were the major supporters of minimum wage laws for blacks. Huh. 
And their stated reason is that we want higher mandated laws, they call a rate for the job law there, higher minimum wage laws to protect white workers from having to compete oh. with low-skill, low-wage black workers. Wow. For example, on a construction project, I think in 1971, the average wage that a white worker got for, for, for uh, manual labor, just general labor, right. unskilled labor, was $1.91 an hour. The employer could hire a black worker to do the same thing, yeah. 39 cents an hour. Oh, wow. So what was the employer's incentives? To hire the black worker. Right. right. But however, if you could mandate that the employer pay the black worker and the white worker the same wage, then the worker would have reduced incentive. Right. That's the weird. employer would have a reduced incentive to hire the, the uh, black worker. But that's South, <laughs> South Africa. We're in America, and our minimum wage is kind and charitable. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> How, how's our minimum look, wage you look at our first min, You look at our first minimum wage yeah. in our country. as written in 1931, and it's called the Davis-Bacon Act. And what the Davis-Bacon Act did, <laughs> it mandated that on all federally financed or <laughs> assisted construction projects, the, uh, um, the prevailing wage must be paid. And the prevailing wage, uh, the Department of Labor determines it to be the union wage or higher. Okay. And if you read through the, uh, uh, the legislative debate on the Davis-Bacon Act, well, in mainly uh, page 6513 of the congressional record in March 31st, 1931, just read that, where the congressmen are debating about the minimum wage, You'll see congressmen are uh, all good, and some others say things like, "See that contractor over there? He brings cheap colored labor up, puts them in cabins, and it's labor of that sort that's competing with American whites." Oh, oh, and oh. this is why we need the Davis-Bacon Act. Wow! That was when the South construction workers were coming up to the North, right? Yeah, that's right. And they were outworking them in the day and the night, and the price was comparable. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And so. What what they and what what after Davis Bacon Act, uh, blacks were virtually removed from uh, the construction industry in the North. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The North. So wow. so fast so fast forward. How are minimum wage laws still um, racially connected? Well, because if you say, well, <coughs> who are who who are the low skilled workers in the American labor force? Well, the most for the most part, they tend to be teenagers. Uh huh. Teenagers are low-skilled mm. because they lack the maturity yeah. and experience of adults. Right. Among the teenagers are black teenagers. They not only share the handicaps of teenagers in general, but they also share the additional handicap of rotten schools, broken families, poor neighborhoods. Right. So they're going to be the lowest of the low-skilled workers. And so they, if, the, if the minimum wage law is going to discriminate against the employment of low-skilled workers, it will have a heavier impact on black low-skilled workers than white low-skilled workers. Yeah. And so now that's, not, that's, that's just that doesn't have anything to do with the intention. That, and that's, a, that's in addition to the racially discriminatory effect of the minimum wage law. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so, so. I mean, if, if, I mean think, think about it this way. Yeah. If you have a mandated minimum price on anything, 
it discriminates against the least preferred. I mean, for example, ask yourself, suppose you suppose we had a mandated minimum price on steak. Yeah. And so you had to pay uh, $15 a pound for filet mignon and $15 a pound for chuck steak. Yeah. What would you buy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chuck's You're on something. You're on something. Right. And so that would discriminate against the less preferred steak, right? Namely, the chuck steak. Right. And the only way the chuck, only way chuck steak competes with filling mignon today is that it goes for a lower price, mm. right? And if you can't allow it to go for a lower price, you can see it going. Yeah. You, 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 know, you, you, uh, you give it handicap. Or think of another way. Um, if suppose I were to ask you, suppose you see a fat, old, ugly, cigar-smoking man married to a beautiful young lady. Yeah. What would be your prediction about that man's income? <laughs> oh, he got a very dope mouthpiece. You got, <laughs> you, you guess that it's pretty high. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so what is he doing? He's selling the beautiful, he's selling the beautiful young lady, look, I can't compete for your hand on the basis of a handsome guy. Right. So I'm going to offset my handicaps right. by offering you more money. Right. And so suppose somebody said, well, look, is it fair for beautiful young ladies to charge fat, old, ugly, cigar smoking men higher prices? And you might say, no, it's not fair. So you make a law that beautiful young ladies can't treat fat, old, ugly, cigar-smoking men any differently than handsome men. Uh-oh. Then what happens to the chances of a fat, old, cigar-smoking man marrying a beautiful young lady? He goes to Zilch. Yeah. But all because, the guys be, with be, no be, money be, just huh? rolls up to the top, though. Pardon me? All the guys with no money just rolls up to the top, though. So it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Acacia Cortez, you know who she is, AOC? Yeah. Uh, she was interviewed by Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, uh, this last week. And in the interview, she was talking about how billionaires make money off their employees. And how, uh, you know, the employees are actually the ones doing all the work. The billionaires are sitting on couches while the employees are doing all the work. And then yet they end up with a billion dollars and the employees barely end up with a uh, barely end up with a living wage as she would define labor, it. Right? And then she summarizes this by saying, "And so no one ever makes a billion dollars; you take a billion dollars." So she basically summarizes by saying, "Those those owners, the CEOs of the company, they're taking a billion dollars. They aren't making a billion dollars. It's everyone at the ground level who's making should be making the money." But instead, the billionaires, the owners, are the ones who are taking the money. How do you how do you process that? How do you respond to that? No, I think it's a, a summary. It would be just plain nonsense. You say, well, <laughs> how do people become rich? Uh, well, in a free market, people become rich by serving their fellow man. Amen. By making your fellow man better off. Yeah. Right. You say, well, look, how did Bill Gates? Become one of the richest people in the world. Yeah, his grandfather did he, owned did he, slaves. Did he, did he do it through <laughs> robbing people? Right. No, he didn't. He produced windows. Yeah. Something that satisfies people. Yep. He and and he, and and what people did, they were all around the world. They voluntarily plunked down 
four hundred dollars. Yeah, for his windows. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a matter of fact, you can you can look at, um, you can look at income. People get income by serving their fellow man. That is, you say, look, suppose I I mow your lawn, right, and you give me twenty dollars for mowing your lawn. Well, what is that twenty dollars? Well, you see what it is when I, I go to the grocer and I say, I would like to have a six-pack of beer and two pounds of steak that my fellow man produced. So the grocer, in effect, says to me, well, Williams, you're making a claim on what your fellow man produced. What did you do to serve him? And that's when I plunked, I showed the $20. Yeah. I served my fellow man by mowing his lawn. And right. this is proof, this is the evidence, the right. $20. Right. Now, the difference between government, government can say to me, well, Williams, you don't have to get out in hot sun and mow your fellow man's lawn. We will take his beer and, and, uh, and steak <coughs> and give to you. Yeah. And so, so you've asked about the morality of it. Yeah. I think it's, 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 a, it's a good, uh, or a high standard of morality that in order to have a claim on what your fellow man produce, you have to serve your fellow man. Yeah. I could have used about another two hours with that brother. He's He started off a little slow. Like, I don't know if he liked us at first. And then eventually he kind of warmed <laughs> he, up. He warmed and was up. Like, yeah. He warmed up. No, he's, he's been, you know, such a huge influence in just helping me think through some of these things right. and going back and pointing to the history of how things started. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. Walter Williams came at a time, was a young man at a time where he could, he wasn't allowed voting rights when he was a kid, like growing up. Yeah. And so he's he's not someone who's just talking about this, who's uh, what they call a victim uh, via proxy. Right. He, he's actually yeah. involved in the in the moment and his, was his his final op ed. So he was writing all the way down to just, November. Yeah. Fourth yeah, was it November fourth something? I don't know, but yeah. within the last month. Okay. Yeah. Um. He really his his very last um um op ed article, which um you can you can look it up. Last Walter Williams article is on that very point. Oh, is it's, it? It's actually on the point of what he grew up in. He grew up and he, he kind of traces the statistics of lynching. Oh yeah. And, and the thousands of people that were being lynched. And Jim Crow laws. Jim yeah. Crow laws. The actual oh. persecution, and then he basically yeah. turns the corner and says, "What what you're facing today." It's far worse. It's nothing like that. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of, particularly in terms of the black community. Say, yeah. Saying like, okay, yeah, I mean, there's haters out there. There's, yeah. there's, there's racists out there and so on. But, you, you know, you can go to college. You can get a job. You, yeah. you know, you can play for the NBA. You can play, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, right. And it's nothing like what we've been through, you know, cool it. And, in other words, he's up. He's, he's drawing a connection between lynching back then, which was bad. Not good, but the numbers of those who were lynched back then do not compare to the black on black lynchings that happen now in the U.S. Right. Yeah. He, he, well, he actually, he actually, he, he says though that I think his point is that that's worse. Actually, what actually was worse back then, but right. he says where we have pockets of problems today, it's he says it's a he says it's not a state solution. He says we are doing it to ourselves. Oh yeah, wow. absolutely. And he doesn't even bring up abortion. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll be bought into the yeah, fact which, that which is way worse than the lynching numbers back in the day, and way worse than all the we're black on black lynching. crime in in Chicago. But he points yeah. out that some of the cities where there's the most black on black crime, black on black crime, yeah, 
is run by black people. Yeah. Yep. And, he's, and, he says, and he's not saying like it's black their, mayors. He's not saying yeah. it's their fault. He's actually just saying it's there's not a statist solution. Well, that's right. been the problem. That's why we have it is because the statist solution we yes, employed right. is giving us what we have right now. Right. Yeah. yeah there's so when much. You, when you look to the sword, but, but you know, you look cr- to the sword to save you. Yep. It don't work. But but Christians need to understand this, too, as it relates to politics, because we're doing the same thing. We did the same thing in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. We gave all our hope into politics, thinking that politics it was going to save 80s. us. Yep. And we st- instead of building the new – we were talking about Masebo about this. Yep. Instead, of, What if Christians had owned Facebook? What if they stopped expecting other people to do stuff for them right. and start building the platforms that we need today? Right. And we would be in a completely different place. It's not just what happened in black culture then. Right. We're still doing the same thing now as it relates to the politics and the government. Yeah. God morning. designed the world such that family, which includes business, that's right. Business is an extension of family. Yep. That's We're right. Supposed to be family and church are supposed to be the other two governments that balance out the state. That's right. And when when one of those governments, be, I mean, in, back in the Middle Ages, it was the Roman Catholic Church that yeah. became the tyrant. That's right. And and that's why the early reformers are so big on getting the the civil magistrates actually up and running because there right. were no civil magistrates. The Roman Catholic Church was all there was. But we need the family, we need the church, and we need the state in their rightful lanes. And when they're ba- and when they when we respect and honor the family and what business can do, that's right. And when mm. we respect and honor the church and what it can do in its rightful place, it creates this natural balance and it puts the state back in its rightful place. You, you're so, Uncle Gary points this out. Actually, he does it in God and government. He also does it um, in uh, when he talks about economics. But yep. Economics, econome is house law. Yep. So every time you see someone out there talking about business, one of the things they want to do is sever it from the family itself. Yep. But when they're talking about shutting down your business, you need to think about they're shutting down your families. Yep. That's what they're shutting down, and yep. they're getting That's it right. past the sphere that they need to That's operate exactly in. Right. And, when, and when you ins- and when you say no, I'm, I'm, my business is going to be open. That's right. And and I'm going to invite my neighbors and my family, and, and we're going to do my, what you're doing is you're saying no. I'm going to provide for my family. That's right, and love your neighbor. And I'm going to provide That's for right. my my neighbor because right. doing business is providing a service. This is what uh, Walter Williams talked about. Where it's in, how can I love my neighbor in a right. particular way? That's right. And so you offer your house law, what you guys create as a way to love your neighbor. So right. I appreciate him and, and his yeah. life and what he's offering. And go get some of his books, man. Yeah. They're so helpful right now. Yeah. And then and start a business. Yeah, <laughs> get married. <laughs> Find out her name. <laughs> you know. Birthday boy. Right. right. No. <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. How many people are going to be asking for birthday wishes now on the show? <laughs> <laughs> The reason the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is crucial is the combination of those words. Christians need to learn how to fight, they need to learn how to laugh, they need to learn how to feast. The next Reformation, what will it look like? Probably a lot like what we're seeing here at this particular conference. We need to say what the prophets said and do what the prophets did. Jesus has said, every square inch is mine. We need to be more combative than we are. We need to be more cheerful than we are. And we need to be more given over to celebration. The joy of the Lord is our strength. As in all things, we start with the Lord. We need to use our entire toolkit. And I think that a lot of Christians, there are certain tools that they haven't traditionally used. Jesus, when dealing with spiritually dangerous things, Jesus tells the truth in hard ways. He uses a serrated edge. 
We're on a field of battle, and we fight until the king relieves us of duty. And if we have him with us, we really cannot lose. When we're fighting, we're singing, much like the Israelites as they sent their choir out in front to lead their armies into battle with song. The rules of engagement have got to be defined by the dictums of Christ. The world is asking all kinds of questions, and we've got the answers. We need to look like the church described in the scriptures, which is a church that despairs of its own competency and lays hold of the grace and the mercy of Christ. God put dragons in the world so that we could fight them. And we should fight dragons with shouts of joy. I want you to fight that beast all day.